Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to build a coaching culture at work. Noelle, you have done this. I have done this. Yeah, and which is which is um, not only impressive, but I think one of the values of uh, the company is you building a coaching culture in, within our company. Thank you. Yeah. It's been it's been the greatest honor of my life, and. I didn't know that that's what I was doing at the time. So, you know, for those of you who only know me as Noel, um, the CEO of Journey, before that, I was Noel, the um, development associate at a university, and I was in the middle of a PhD to become a sex therapist, and I was using coaching techniques to develop applied positive interventions for eating disorder recovery um, and body image recovery from sexual trauma. Right. What does, uh, what, what does a coaching uh, culture at work look like for people, um, you know, who want to want that definition they're listening? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think kind of the bio and the background is, is important because when I came into the world of business, I didn't have any training in quote unquote business. I had gone to graduate school for executive coaching um, and I was in graduate school for sex therapy and I had studied a lot of positive psychology. And so the lens that I held was based on coaching and relationship building versus traditional managerial theory, which tends to be hierarchical, which is a do as I say. Model. Yeah, and and thank God you didn't have um, that business background because I think if you did, uh, it would. I don't know if you would have, um, you know, built a, a coaching a coaching culture. I think it would have been like you said the uh, the the uh, you know the business culture. Exactly, and and that's where we are with, with coaching in terms of gaining um, a foothold in the public's consciousness. So. Right now, you know, coaching is only 35 years old as an industry. There are a lot of individuals who work as coaches. There are a lot of individuals who do great work as coaches with people who work in industry. But the idea of having managers, leaders, new managers trained as coaches is really new. Mm. It's been bubbling. It's been coming to the surface for um I'd say the last couple of years and Harvard Business Review, Wall Street Journal, uh, SHRM, SHRM, which is an, an HR publishing group, McKinsey, have all been leading the charge. These are big research groups saying that, you know, coaching is the future of effective management. And so the way this is going to work and this idea itself is just getting started. And when you said, you know, what is a coaching culture at work? The real answer is, you know, I can look at what we've done, but that's probably not a complete model. We mm -hmm. still have a lot of discovery to do right. as a society around, you know, what this, this looks like. But what I can tell you 
is the reason why coaching is being brought up right now. Um, and that's because our current situation isn't working. So the way it works currently is someone's good at their job and they're promoted to become a manager. And there's this assumption that that person's going to remain good at their job, is going to be able to teach others how to become good at their jobs. And that person somehow magically is going to have soft human skills where they're able to be empathetic, motivate, inspire, uh, lead strategically and develop a team in addition to, oh, by the way, continuing to do their job. Right. So when I lay that out, when you're thinking about people and what they're experiencing, what do you see as the pitfalls? Well, you know, I, I, uh, I see uh, the, the visuals I see, because I'm a visual person, is um, robot, not human. I see um, a megaphone. I see standing on a soapbox, pointing fingers, all of that when it comes to the business culture. Uh, coaching culture, I see empathy. I see um, a humanistic approach and uh, basically um, less technical and more uh, social, emotional. You're spot on. So when we're looking at the literature, um, Brian Kropp, who's one of the chief human resources researchers at Gartner says that managers moving forward, and this was published in 2021, are going to be less technical experts and more social emotional experts. And that's the direction that business is heading. So when we're talking about coaching certification, bringing coach training into the workforce and why it's important, that key word, social emotional experts is where we really need to center our expectations around you know, what this means. So John, thinking back to the worst job you've ever had, how would that have changed for you if the people you were working for were social emotional experts. Oh my God, that, that, uh, it's interesting you say that because when you said worst job, I instantly um, went back to the day that I was uh, in this job, sitting in the bathroom stall and you had to, uh, this is hilarious, you, you had to check out to go to the bathroom. So you can just go to the bathroom, you had to sign out. And in the bathroom stall, I remember, and it was one of the lowest points of my life, I remember um, crying and praying and saying, uh, you know, get me out of this. And I was in this job because my marriage was falling apart and I had to make money. And, but it was one of those jobs where, uh, you know, it was run with an iron fist and it was, uh, everyone was afraid. And uh, yeah, and so I remember just being in that um, tiny bathroom stall crying. That was my bathroom moment. And that job would have been so much more different if the, the leaders, the people that own the, uh, the treatment center um, were more human and, and had more, you know, emotional capacity and was, were more empathetic instead of um, driving fear into their employees. Yeah. And okay, there's there's so much to unpack here. First of all, I'm so sorry you had that experience. I, um, I needed I needed it though because now <laughs> now I'm like oh God, every time I'm not grateful I just flash back to that day you know. And that's fair, you know that's totally fair. And and second of all, what you described as an environment that's run with an iron fist, um, lots of regulations, lots of paternalization, 
that's happening all over the place. And it, it has been drummed into us as a society. You know, if I don't control people, if I don't watch their every move, they're going to go off the rails and they're going to be, you know, dancing next to their desks instead of working. And, you know, what the pandemic has showed us is that's not true. Yeah. People can manage themselves. They can manage themselves working from home. They can get up and make a sandwich and still be just as productive as they right. were if they went into an office. So in the face of this really rapid disruptive change, um, managers are going to be responsible for managing remote teams. They're going to be managing more people they can't be expected to have all the answers and that command and control leadership is no longer viable and it's no longer being accepted by the workforce, especially as Gen Zers are coming up with their awesome brilliance into the workforce. This, this old way of being needs to go out the window. Yeah. So happily, you know, your little kiddo will probably not experience the same thing. Yeah, thank God. I, I I had the privilege of um, touring Google once and mm. uh, here in Los Angeles. And I remember um, walking around, and you know they had the uh, um, um, the the coffee and the pastry. They had all all this food, but they had there was no cash register. It was all free, and then they had you know people doing laundry. There were dogs, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is work. And I I realized, oh, the it's changing. This is the new. You know, this idea of punching a clock and, and, and you know, uh, waiting in the assembly line or um, hiding out in the bathroom stall, wishing that you were somewhere, all of that, uh, it, it, it's fading because of the new spaces that leaders are creating. Yes, you're absolutely right. And so looking at this and, and kind of saying, okay, if this is where we're going, the how to is incredibly important. And right now, Journey is building a business wing of our company, and I'm super stoked about it. And, and the reason why we're doing that is because bringing in concrete coach training that gives people education and then support that answers the question of, am I doing this right, actually gives managers, leaders, people who are aspiring to become managers and leaders, permission to engage in different kind of skills that are probably not being taught in an MBA. Right. And what do you think permission giving does in this situation? How do you it, think that that will be effective? It builds trust. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it, it allows you to, uh, as I say, it allows you to swim. Um, the, the, the two words that, that I think are, are really uh, important in journey coaching that, that, that you talk about a lot is the testing kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we're in this together. Uh, we're coming with you, not at you. And we're going to test and we're going to play and we're going to have fun and we're going to um, make this uh, a lifestyle, lifestyle so we can better your life so you could help other people better theirs. Absolutely. And so when we're really getting down to the, the brass tacks, what bringing coaching components into your organization does in real time is it focuses on five key components of emotional intelligence that 
are not always present at work, but when they are, my God, it changes the environment for everyone. So let's break them down. Um, the first one is self-awareness. And self-awareness um, it comes at lots of different levels. So if you're a new manager, self-awareness will help you to delegate versus taking on all of the work, will help you to know when you need to ask for, for help, uh, build empathy, and just being aware of, of what you're doing. If you're already a manager and you wanna get better, um, self-awareness will help you create psychological safety, which is so important for helping brilliant people rise into their genius. And if you're in executive leadership, what self-awareness does really specifically is helps you harness your attention. And this is a very important point because it's something that has um, come up only in modern life. And John, you're a perfect guinea pig to talk about it. So what's your relationship like to your phone and dopamine? Oh, um, yeah, I'm on my phone all day. Um, <laughs> it gives, it's my drug. It gives, it gives me dopamine all day. It's like my, um, yeah, def, definitely addicted to my phone. Yeah. So in modern life, our attention, where we direct our attention, you know, how we use it is goes hand in hand with the secondary skill of self-regulation. And when we're leading teams, uh, and I can say this because I do it, when you're directing strategy, um, one of the quickest ways to derail your day is to get caught up in the minutiae. And so learning how to be aware of where you're putting your time and your attention and then to be able to regulate yourself in order to sustain focus through strategy uh, is one of the most important things that you can develop for yourself as a muscle if you're mm -hmm. a leadership and you, and, and you want to move on with strategy. Yeah, and, and, and these aren't things that we learn in business school. No, you know? certainly not. And then the, you know, the next three are motivation, how to motivate people, mm -hmm. uh, empathy and social skills. So empathy is the ability to understand the emotional makeup of other people and empathy. I, I can't tout empathy enough as a skill that needs to be developed. And then social skill in general is proficiency in managing relationships and relationship building. So just taking those three, motivation, empathy, and social skill. Uh, when you were in that job where you were hiding in the bathroom crying, to what extent <laughs> did you experience any of that in your environment? Yeah, I mean, zero. Uh, uh, if I experienced empathy, I would have felt less alone which would have then made me feel safer and connected. Uh, and then the, the, the job would have been better. So because I, I experienced no empathy, I felt very alone um, in a foreign place, you know, uh, in a prison trying to get out. Absolutely. And, and this empathy is really the cornerstone of all of this work. When we're talking about motivating teams and developing social skill and managing relationships, empathy has to be the absolute foundation. We are subject as humans to our own triggers. And then the people that we work with are subject to their very own unique set of triggers as well. So when we're pulling from empathy, we're taking the time to understand how someone else 
is experiencing their day? And then secondarily, how are we experiencing our day? And when we lay that out as just a foundation of, as you said earlier, you know, we're in it together. Guess what bubbles up to the surface naturally is motivation, a passion to work because you feel cared for, you feel seen. You know what I love about this? Um, and, and what a great uh, 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 recipe or uh, a menu for anyone who is creating an online community. So with the internet, there are many people now um, creating their, their groups or you know, private uh, uh, Facebook groups or even offline retreats, any kind of space where um, it involves some kind of leadership and some kind of safe space. These are the ingredients, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skill. And if these aren't in the pot that's stirred, uh, chances are that community is, is not gonna do as well. It's not gonna thrive. You're spot on, you're spot on. And, and there's two really specific outcomes that come from all of this. Um, people get to experience their own unique cognitive diversity. And what I'm talking about there is unique talents and skills, being you, bringing your authentic self to the table and showing up you know, in a way that's going to benefit your job, your community, your family. And then the secondary part is psychologically psychological safety. And so folks only feel comfortable to really be in their genius zone if they are psychologically safe. And right. so this is, this is the cookbook. These are the recipes. Um, coaching is very much um, showing up as an answer to a lot of different problems that are facing our world and our workforce right now. And folks are looking for magic beans. And I'm here to start shouting from the rooftops that I have magic beans for sale. I have them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yes. And they are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skill. Um, so, so listeners, if you're out there and you'd like to bring coaching into your workplace and folks are saying, you know, what is coaching? How does it work? This is what it is. It's, it's bringing soft skills, social skills into the workplace for the purpose of creating psychological safety so that everybody can bring their best selves and their genius um, to your organization. Also, you know, these things ripple outwards. So uh, not only as a coach, but uh, uh, these, these things, as you uh, practice them and own them, they're, they're going to uh, ripple into all your relationships. And it's just going to make your life better. And the people around you that you love, it's going to make their lives better as well. Yes. And if you need support, for doing this at your own job, come talk to me. I will talk to you, whoever you are out there, (laughs) give me a call. Well, thank you for this conversation. uh, And and thank you for um, building a culture of coaching uh, at Journey Coaching and for the space that that, that you create. You're welcome. It makes our days really fun when people don't come to work and afraid. (laughs) I mean, I can't believe that we have to say that out loud, but when people come to work and they're not afraid, days yeah. are really cool. Yeah. I'm not in the bathroom stall anymore, um, hoping to be elsewhere. So <laughs> I'm good. so glad. I'm <laughs> yeah. so glad. Yeah. 
Well, thank you for listening and uh, check out Journey Coaching if you want to go deeper and um, build this kind of space in the world, not only in your practice, but uh, online, offline, however you want to do it. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's jrni.co slash everything.